If you're a parent, teacher, or school leader, and you're sick and tired of the frustration, anger, and unfair treatment of children at high risk in our public schools, then perhaps it's time for all of us to do something about it. In this podcast, Dr. Amitra Berry brings you tips, tools, strategies, and tactics to build successful solutions while touching, moving, and inspiring all of us to transform our schools so that every child thrives. Here's your host, Dr. Berry. Welcome back, Equity Warriors. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Now, I've been on the intersection of education and politics. Today is a little light on the politics, but I'm sure you're going to see the connection, the intersection. Today, I want to talk about a topic that really demands more of our attention, and I don't do it as explicitly as I should very often, and that is talking about the impact of racism on black children. Racism, the big R word, it is pervasive, and it affects various pieces of our society, but the the consequences on our young learners, particularly our black learners, are concerning. So I want to explore a little bit of the research with you here today, share a couple of stories, and then some solutions about racism that we need to address. Let's start with this stark reality, and that is that black children often experience their first microaggression as early as age six, first grade. There's a recent lawsuit against a Georgia school district, and in that we saw that the district ignored complaints of students using racist slurs, just ignored it. Black children who reported those instances, they face consequences for reporting. The black kids who were being called names were punished for reporting that discrimination. And even worse, there were white students who mockingly reenacted the lynching of George Floyd on campus. Things like this are unfortunately just the tip of the iceberg for our black children in our schools. If you are a black person, I want you to think back to your first racialized experience, the first time someone called you the N-word or a monkey or made mocking sounds. How young were you? I was seven and I remember it as though it were yesterday. So what happens to us, to our children, when they are constantly experiencing racism? There is a chronic stress that racism inflicts. There's new research, most recently coming out of the University of Michigan, that says that while racism may not be the most common form of discrimination, it has the most significant impact on children between 13 and 19. And to measure that, researchers looked at cortisol, the stress hormone. You know, you see it on the TV commercials. If you've got too much cortisol, you get a big belly. That's what stress does to you sometimes. Cortisol fluctuates throughout the day normally. That's basically harmless. But when stress hormones, cortisol, are activated and elevated consistently because of discrimination, because of racism, it impacts health. It leads to things like anxiety, hypertension, heart disease, that's high blood pressure, hypertension, 
even cancer. It's called weathering. It wears and weathers on the bodies. And that is why you have such a high percentage of black people that have anxiety and hypertension and heart disease in this country. Now, our young black boys and, and girls do experience racism differently. There's a case in Utah where two black teen sisters in a predominantly white school district were facing racism that sometimes manifested in their bodies as anxiety or uncontrollable body twitches. And their experiences are not unique. There are reports of racism in schools that are just off the chain. It's surging nationwide. Not too long ago, I had a guest from the Anti-Defamation League, and one of the things we talked about is the ADL's work on racism, and people tend to equate the ADL with only being concerned about issues of the Jewish people. They are not. So I invite you to go back and take a look at that episode or listen to that episode and my guest from the ADL. So reporting racism in schools is, is uncomfortable for many children, and that makes it even more uncomfortable, particularly for black girls. And in this case in Utah, the children were concerned about being accepted at school. They were concerned about police brutality for good reason, stereotypes, unfairness. And on top of just the, the race issue, black girls also have to deal with sexism and that additional intersection and how people perceive our young black girls and sexuality. The impact of racism on black youth is not isolated. There was a survey that was conducted of 400 black girls between the ages of 11 to 18, this time in Ohio. And in that survey, they found that or 60% of these young girls reported they believed that they had been mistreated because of their race. 60% reporting that they had been mistreated because of their race. And a very similar percentage, it was the high 50s, that felt that they had been treated unfairly because of their gender. That research highlights the, the different stressors that affect our children, in this case, our young girls' mental and physical health. There is bullying, there's colorism, there's body shaming. And for our children that are or might be LGBTQ, the difficulties navigating their identity there as well. Let me go back for a second. Sorry, let me go back to cortisol and that, that whole connection to racism. There's a doctor, a woman by the name of Rebecca Hassan, who's a professor or assistant professor at the University of Michigan, and she reports that almost any chronic disease has a connection to chronic stress. Let me say that again. Almost any chronic disease, hypertension, anxiety, heart disease, chronic diseases have a connection to chronic stress. And so in one study in the Michigan study, black adolescents reported experiencing discrimination more frequently than white adolescents. Black kids are reporting it more often than white kids, and they felt more stress as a result of racialized incidences. Stress, think about yourself. Stress disrupts your sleep. It disrupts your mental well-being. It disrupts your physical well-being. So the question becomes, how do we disrupt this cycle of racism and its impact on our black children? Now, experts 
Here's the politics connection. Experts are calling on elected officials and school administrators to create systematic change and should be systemic change as well. But you, my listeners, parents, caregivers, educators, community members, you can support our black youth. You can engage them in meaningful conversations. You can help them build strong social networks and you can help them use exercise as a stress management tool. I don't know about you, but I get in a couple of good workouts every week with my personal trainer and I can tell you that the difference in my stress level before workout and after workout, huge. Exercise is a great tool for our children, but they need support they need guidance. Now, one other way that we can work on this is, is changing the way we communicate with young people. Instead of asking, for those of you who are parents and caregivers, instead of asking when they come home from school, you know, what's the question you ask? How was school today? And they'll say, it was okay, or all right, or right. We need to learn to ask in ways that will engage them. We need to ask them questions like, What's worrying you today? Or what did you like about school today? I've noticed that you've been wearing certain colors. Is there anything, is, you know, is this, is this a new thing about these colors? Or is this your new favorite color? What's going on? Find ways to talk about what's happening and their choices that they're making. Encouraging open dialogue with your children and those that you care for is key. The last thing I want to talk about is social media. I know quite well the impact of racism through social media. I get some interesting messages from time to time. But social media amplifies the effect of racism on our teenagers, our young people that are on social media. That 24-hour access to peers is not healthy. It's not enough to just accept that racism is pervasive. We wouldn't leave our children in a house that was filled with poisonous lead. Leaving your children with 24-hour access, 24 access to social media is no different. We shouldn't accept that type of stressful environment with our children. We just shouldn't. Addressing the impact of racism on our black children is essential. Research tells us that there are detrimental effects on their physical and their mental health. I've given you just a couple of little snippets today that should help bring these statistics to light, but there is good news, right? We can disrupt this cycle. It does require a commitment from all of us, from policymakers to parents, from educators to community members, all of you who are listening and the people that you can reach. Let's work together to create a future where our black children can thrive without the burden of racial stress. Remember to vote. Remember to vote in your local elections. And remember to join me again next week. Connect with me on social. Use those links down in the notes. Send me your questions, topics, requests to info at askdrberry.com. And I will get you answers and bring you some experts. Don't worry about the things you cannot change. Let's change the things we can no longer accept. And I'll see you next time. That's it for today's episode of the 3E Podcast. Head over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week that posts a review on iTunes 
will win a chance in a grand prize drawing to win a $25,000 value private VIP day with Dr. Barry herself. Be sure to head over to 3epodcast.com and pick up a free copy of Dr. Barry's gift. Then join us on the next episode.